0: You're listening to another ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another show. And this is episode 150, 150. Now, doing business online is a dream for many. Why? Because it gives you so much freedom and you can really reach a global audience and a global marketplace. Now, you've probably heard of many big success stories of entrepreneurs who are making it big online. And you want to tap into that, right? It's a marketplace that's forever shifting and what worked last year may not work now and what works for another may not work for you. Now perhaps you've even been trying to make it work and it all just seems so overwhelming and you're just not getting the results that you'd love. How do you know what will work for you and how do you keep on top of all of the trends? Well, let's discuss all of that in today's podcast with Belinda Jackson. Now, let me introduce Belinda to you. Belinda combines marketing savvy, technology know-how, and intuitive, masterful coaching to inspire and empower entrepreneurs to share their brilliance with the world, create profitable businesses that serve many, and also leads or inspiring lives. Now, on today's show, Belinda's going to speak about how to tap into doing business online, the many ways that you can package up what you offer and serve it to your clients, and how to determine which one will work best for your business. This is always a question that uh, we get asked. She'll also be sharing the secrets to attracting clients online, including some easy fun strategies for 2015 that you've probably never heard of. So make sure you grab a pen and paper and take down lots of notes. She'll also be talking about how to compete in an overcrowded marketplace and what you have to know that will enable you to cut through and gain attention online and so much more. Welcome to the show, Belinda.
1: Hello Anne-Marie and thank you for having me. This is
0: exciting. (laughs) It is exciting. Uh, I know that we were talking before we hit uh, record and oh my goodness you've got so much to share. Doing business online I think businesses now who haven't kind of tapped into the online world are really starting to recognise the benefit, the potential business opportunities there. So this is a really exciting time isn't it?
1: Oh, it's a very exciting time. I mean, I've been in the online world for, in my business, 10 years. And even before that, I was working for an online business. So I've been around and I've seen it for a while. And I think we're in an era now where more people are starting to understand what's possible. And this global marketplace is before us. And I think it's just exciting because it means that we have opportunity to, for businesses that are offline businesses to take business online and to free up some of their time and to be able to serve more people. And then there's also the opportunity for people to kind of start up new businesses using what's available to us online.
0: Mm. And I know with all of the technologies now at our fingertips, what we assume or presume is going to be really hard and complicated often isn't. So it's really great to be able to speak to you today in really giving us some great tips, giving us some strategies on how we can tap into to doing business online. Now, one of the things that you often support your clients with is really supporting them in how they can package what they currently offer and then being able to, you know, serve that to their clients. So what are some things that we need to think about when we're determining, okay, what's going to work best for our business? Okay, yeah. Look, and the thing is
1: there is so many ways to do it and what I've seen happen is that people will find a mentor or a coach or somebody to help them and they end up following kind of a set path that worked for that person that they've followed rather than actually looking at, hang on a minute, what is it you know that I'm offering and what's going to work best for me? So I really believe in finding a way of packaging up that works for you and works for your client because... The beautiful thing about online technology is that it's evolved over like over the last five, ten years, even the last year. So, you know, I remember back in my early days and actually probably, yeah, eight years ago sort of thing, it was kind of a hot thing for people to start an online membership site and an e-course and things like that and how it was done back then was quite clunky Mm. and how you could do it now is super easy. Most of these strategies, and when I say super easy... It's a learning curve for a lot of people. So what I mean by super easy is that the technology is available to you and if you decide, hey, I want to tap into that, then it's not that difficult to learn. Just like learning anything, it requires you to decide that you want to understand this and implement it in your business. Mm. And as far as how to package, I mean... There is so much. What I usually suggest to my clients is I show them or I get them to have a look around at what's on offer, but make sure looking at different types of things. Like, you know, there are, you can package up into membership sites, e-courses, you can run online events and trainings, webinars, tele-seminars, all that type of thing, online communities. There's so many different options and delivery paths for people, even as far as like the type of media, like well, if I'm going to be offering things online, do I do it by video? Do I do it by audio? Do I write ebooks? You know, do I put it on blogs and websites? Like there's so many options. So it can feel overwhelming. And I often tell my clients, you know, it's time to kind of have a look what's out there and then come back to yourself and kind of like, well, what excites me? Like what would excite me to put together? Hmm. Rather than it being a a must, like this, I think this is the thing today. It's like there's no clear, correct path.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as you are talking and and mentioning a number of those different ways, I'd imagine if for, for people who are listening, and this is all very new, Just even hearing all of the different way, you know, membership sites, e-courses, online courses, (laughs) tally summits, you know, Google Hangouts, all this kind of stuff, it can become very overwhelming. And I love the way that you've said, you know, given us permission, we don't have to do everything. In fact, I think, you know, don't try and do everything because we will get stuck in and very overwhelmed but also I think going out and experiencing, having a look at what's on offer, experiencing some of those online courses or attend a webinar and really see, you know, kind of what fits, what am I really comfortable with? Because I know some people, if you talk about video, it's kind of like, there's no way that I can get in front of a video and, and talk. And so I guess it's no point to kind of tap into, say, video if you're going to be fearful every time you get in front of a camera. So those are all really good things to determine.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, the whole thing of like don't, you know, don't do video if you've got a voice for radio. <laughs> <Like> it's, <laughs> it's kind of finding what works for you. And, and I, d- I have seen that often where, you know, people will hook up with somebody that teaches video marketing. Yes. And then they feel like, oh, video, because the person teaching video marketing, that's what's worked for them. And that's what they love to do. So, they think it is the path, you know, mm-hmm. the path. And so, they're teaching it. And these people come along and learn it and think, oh, that is the path I have to take, but that's not true. Yes. Because then you could, you know, look around and you'll find someone else teaching, you know, how to create and sell ebooks. And, you know, that's because that's what works for them. It's kind of like there's so many options out there that you've got to do the medium and the path that works for you. I mean, yeah. for me
0: personally, I haven't done a lot of video. Mm, neither um, have I. I've tried it, dabbled it, you know, a couple of in it a couple of times. But I love podcasting, and I I often say, you know, one of the reasons I love podcasting, you can never have a bad hair day, and if you did, yes. no one's gonna know anyway,
1: you know. <laughs> I so. think that's why I don't I don't do videos because I just can't be
0: bothered to to do the whole hair and makeup thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've watched back some of my videos, and honestly, you know, when you say the inner critic. It's kind of, oh, my goodness, I really can just, oh, why did you do that? Oh, and your eyes are moving. Really, it was self-critical, uh, I think. But, you know, yes, video has been shown to have uh, a greatest, what they call conversion and everything, and people tend to really like. But, look, if we are not comfortable with that medium, we can really tarnish our, our brands and our reputations because if that video is not presenting you in the best possible way and your nerves really come through... Yeah. Then that may not necessarily be a, a really good medium to select. So it's great that we've kind of you've given us permission to do some research, find what taps into to our you know gifts and and what we really feel comfortable with and uh, really look at uh, investigating those kind of of ways as a way to to get your um, kind of your products, your programs uh, out there.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, if if you're the sort of person that could go and shoot, you know, a video on your iPhone, happily put that up on YouTube and share it to your audience Mm. and, you know, have no issue with that, like that's kind of, oh, yeah, let's do that, then you're probably the right person to do video. Yes. Like it's like when it comes easily, when it's like this is – you know, I've got a few friends that, that are like that. They've, they've shot the low budget, the, you know, just very natural videos. And then they might move on and do some more professional ones. And actually, I've got a couple of two different uh, colleagues at the moment who have done that for years, done the kind of off the cuff type of videos. And then they've gone down the path of doing very professional videos and paid to have a videographer come and mm-hmm. all the rest done the hair and makeup. And, um, and both of them, just in the last week, have told me that they're going back to the off the cuff.
0: Isn't that interesting? And uh, yeah, absolutely agree. And, and you know about the the off the cuff. But I, and I guess what's really important here is that it doesn't need to to, to have that high level, high budget kind of uh, approach. But you want whatever medium you're using to really allow you to connect to engage and I think that's the most important thing so if you feel like you're putting on a front and sometimes it may just be we need to rehearse and practice a little bit and get more comfortable with that medium but if something is really inhibiting you and blocking you from really showing your brilliance, and I know that's a word that both of us use, mm. that inner brilliance, and if that medium is stopping you from really connecting and showing who you are, then it, it may just be a sign that, hey, you know, why not try a, a different medium rather than that particular one? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And sometimes it is a case of that, Anne-Marie. It's. It's trying a few different mediums mm. and see what works. And the other way that I've personally found uh, to, de- to determine what's the best way for you to put together, you know, your, on- your online media is uh, to look at how you actually like to digest information online yourself mm-hmm. so you know do you like to watch videos are you a bit of a youtube fanatic or do you are you a podcast you know like mm. podcast do you love podcasts listening to podcasts do you love uh, are you an avid kindle reader and downloading books and all that kind of stuff or blog reader you know you're subscribing to heaps of blogs like how do you like to get your information online and I find for most people they'll have one or two ways that they prefer I mean for me personally I love podcasts so um, and I love uh, I often will sign up for people's tele-seminars and I'll mm-hmm. download the audios because I love listening to audio yeah, yeah so it makes sense that that's also one of my preferred strategies to create content is audio yes
0: yeah,
1: uh, and uh, whereas I don't watch youtube videos all that much i just can't be bothered watching videos because it means i have to be sitting in one spot yeah uh so i'm i it sort of makes sense that it's also not not my match natural medium for creating content so i think it is like look at how you like to find information online what are the you know what are you naturally attracted to because very often not always but very often that will also be the medium where you can you can uh, shine
0: as well yeah It's funny when you were talking about the video, I'm I'm similar. I mean, I'm very visual, although, you know, visual, auditory, kinesthetic are very closely mapped when when you're doing kind of an assessment for me, but I've realized that because I do a lot of coaching, you know, via phone, and I know that you do too, our auditory capacity and our skills, you know, that intuitiveness with the audio has really heightened so we can pick things up through the audio. But what's happened now, because I do a lot of podcasts, Is my expressions on my face when I'm talking or if I want to bring a message, kind of overemphasize them a little, really get into it because that's what happens, you know, when you're in a podcast because no one's really there. So that can you can imagine that translating on a a video? It's like, Oh my goodness, did you really have to put your eyebrows up (laughs) that high? You know, and it's like you have to tone it down a little bit, but I guess that's probably, I don't know, maybe that's just what I am. You know, kind of face to face. We don't really look at us. Our... Well, I don't either. I don't kind of revisit my videos. Probably should, but anyway, that's a whole, <laughs> whole other topic on its own. But I guess having the conversation to and fro, people can see that even you know, from our levels, and we've been kind of in the on world, you know, online space too. There's certain things that we are familiar with that we are comfortable with, and we make our decisions in that way. You don't have to do everything. In fact, I think it's probably best to select ones, yes. get really good at that. And then once that's really flowing along really nicely and and delivering the kind of results you're looking for, then, okay, let's revisit what are some other ways that we can now bring our our material to, to the world. So let's talk about the secrets to attracting clients online. I know that this is often something many, many entrepreneurs struggle with, and you've got some really fun strategies that we can use this year, and some of them we may not even even heard of.
1: Yes, well, look, I think this is, uh, you know, Anne-Marie, you and I were talking about this before. Like, the, to me, it feels a little bit like the online marketing, uh, online business space has been broken in the last year. Like, it feels like there's things that were working that don't work anymore and yet so many people are out there still teaching this stuff. Mm. So, what I'm coming forth with this year and particularly – you know, having learnt this from experience is that it is our time now as entrepreneurs and particularly entrepreneurs that have a passion for the work that they do to create their own own rules and that's Mm. the first part of making it easy and fun is to how would it be easy and fun for me to communicate with my prospective clients and my actual clients using online strategies. So, when we're talking about attracting clients online, It's like, where do I like to hang out online? Like, people often ask me, you know, should I market my business on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Pinterest or Google or, you know, like there's all these things. Like, Mm -hmm. do I have to do it all? And the answer is no, like you've just said. It's the same as what you just said then. With the other thing, it's you, you pick one or two and pick the ones that you enjoy. Yeah. And if you don't enjoy any of them, if you are one of those people, and I've had clients like this that, oh, I hate social media. <laughs> hate it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. There is no way on earth I'm going to convince them otherwise. Mm-hmm. Simply by telling that person or, you, you know, that, oh, but you have to be on there It's not going to work because in my experience, I tried that. (laughs) I had clients, you know, five years ago that I would tell them, no, you have to be on Twitter or Facebook or whatever it was at the time. And we'd set them all up and we'd give them a strategy and we'd create a marketing plan and we'd give them, you know, content and everything and it would just collapse. Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't enjoy it. They had no – and. You cannot get away with not enjoying it unless you are a corporate business and you have a whole marketing team and a budget dedicated to doing it for you.
0: Yeah, I think that's key, isn't it? I mean, yes, social media can work. But it's like with any any way that you are thinking of, of really marketing and, and connecting with people, whether it's offline or online, if you're not enjoying it, like speaking, if you, you know, just about go grey every time you kind of think and you kind of remember your name, thinking about the prospect of having to step up on stage in front of people, you're not going to get out. There And and look for speaking opportunities and you're probably not really going to be able to connect with your audience. So yeah, be very, very clear. Just as you were talking about some of the things that perhaps were working but no longer working at, at the moment. Did you want to share a little bit more about that? What, like, yeah. because uh, the reason why I say that is, and, and before you say anything, what I guess, and this is what you ha- have said is, okay, so just because everyone is saying you have to do this doesn't mean that you, you have to at all. And similarly, if some people are saying, oh, well, this way doesn't really work at all, who says that it doesn't, won't work for you? So there's both of those arguments that, that we want to stress. Wouldn't you agree, Belinda?
1: Yes, absolutely, yeah. Mm. It is, you know, you've got to be careful who you listen to and where they're coming from. Yes. Um, I think we're also in a space where, you know, if we want to shine in our brilliance and, and have a business that is joy-filled as well as profitable, we have to make some decisions ourselves based on what we want. Yes. What we want to create. So, I mean, some as far as the types of strategies that no longer work, I think that the whole… Thing of following a blueprint or a step-by-step or a, you know, I ran a program a couple of years ago called the Online Promotion Blueprint where I gave people the step-by-step with Facebook and Twitter and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled that out recently. Oh, should I re-offer that this year? And I just went, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's too impersonal and it's too um, – I mean, I, I could actually use a lot of the same content from there except for the fact that Facebook has changed yes. everything and um, even Twitter has changed massively. You know, Twitter back then when I was teaching it, you couldn't share images and videos and, and advertise mm. and stuff. So, there's so many things that have changed with these strategies that you've got to make sure the information and training you're getting is up to date. And, yeah, know that there is not one path. And I think for this, you know, I, I say, you know, what? Are, okay, so what are some strategies that you could use to attract clients online now? Uh, I think it is firstly, yeah, finding what works for you and what's easy and fun for you. But some things I've seen recently which is quite interesting is – as far as, say, let's say Facebook as an example, you know, a lot of businesses have now come on board with having a Facebook business page.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And because Facebook are continually changing, a lot of people are struggling with their Facebook business page to for anyone actually to see it. Yes. So, on Facebook, you have, you know, the reach that you get and you might have a thousand fans, like a thousand people like your Facebook page and only... 20 or 50 people are seeing any of the content you're putting out there, Mm. um, which makes it really difficult. So for me to, or any online marketing teacher to go and start preaching, you've got to have a Facebook page. The thing is there's a lot of effort and energy that can go into creating a Facebook page and then you're not getting traction, you're not getting seen. And the things, I mean, I still think a Facebook business page is a brilliant tool and I think everyone should have one. But whether you use it as a key tool or not depends on whether you're willing to put energy into
0: it. And probably even be... money too, I would imagine, a lot of it. Yes. The, yeah. Yeah,
1: these days it is the case and I am of the belief that it's okay to put money towards it mm. if it's your strategy. Like I personally on my Facebook page now... I will pay to boost if, you know, when I share a blog post occasionally, I'll mm-hmm. pay 5 or $10 just to boost it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason I do that, you know, some people will say, oh, you shouldn't have to. You know, people have liked your page. They should see it. But the reality is if you're on Facebook, you'll, you just have to think about how many pages you have liked. And imagine if when you went to your news feed, every single page that you liked showed up in your news feed with their content. Mm. You'd never see an update from your… From a family member or a friend because it would be full. So Facebook are actually serving us well by not putting it all in mm-hmm. our newsfeed. It just means that you got to take other avenues. So I do pay to boost a post, and I do think that's a strategy that you want to look at using. Uh, but make sure that any post that you boost is not something uh, that is pure selling. Make sure it is something to. You know, I will often do it for a blog post so it gets people back to my website, Mm. reading some good content, some good tips. And while they're over on my website, then I will encourage them to opt in to my newsletter. Yeah. Now, you can also, obviously, on Facebook, the other strategy on Facebook is Facebook ads and even Facebook ads is, is changing up a lot. You know, what's getting seen. There's so many advertisers now. I think I saw something Facebook had some milestone the other day. I can't remember what it was, but
0: it was massive number of advertisers on Facebook now. So it's so, even hard to get your, if, even if you've decided, yes, we're going to invest, it's it's getting harder now for your content, even paid content to show. Is it, is, because yes, it of the, is the number and that's of people. Where it comes mm. down to you've
1: got to start thinking from
0: the, the perspective of, you know,
1: who's my ideal clients? What would actually, Get their attention, yes, um, so if someone's scrolling through their news feed then and they've seen ads after ads, and particularly i don 't know if you've noticed, but on your phone, I recently actually took Facebook off my phone, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know on the, and I think that's going to be a trend uh, that on your phone now with the Facebook feed you when you get to ads, you can scroll to the right and you 'll get a whole series of ads, yes. Um, and so, you you can have your ad showing there, but it might be like five ads to the right, and no one sees it. Mm-hmm. So it is harder to. But the Facebook will show your uh, your ads if they're getting good interaction. So and that'll also bring your price down. So it's important that you have an ad that actually cuts through the clutter and gets people's attention. And the way I figure you do that is getting really clear on who you want to notice it. You know, and. And, and changing it up a bit. Like think of uh, what other ads are out there and how you can do something a bit different, have an image that kind of is, is a bit different. Like the ads I'll notice now is where they're almost saying something a little bit outrageous mm-hmm. <laughs> not, and not outrageous is in making big claims but just to get attention, to break through the clutter. So if you're going to do ad strategies, you really have to remember – Again, that it may be a, you know, you may have a, blue, a blueprint on how to, how to do Facebook ads, but you gotta do it in a way that gets attention.
0: Yeah. And, and as you were saying earlier, because of the, even the amount of, uh, pure numbers of people now who are opting in to do advertising, the words that you use, your headlines, your images, all of that really needs to be thought about strategically yeah. to, to really uh, stand out.
1: And essentially, don't be boring.
0: Yeah, there you don't go. Be don't be boring. So if <laughs> no one's clicking through or seeing it, you need to yeah. go back to the drawing board. So what would be one other, Belinda, uh, fun strategy that you are recommending for clients to do this year or possibly yep. you're implementing yourself?
1: So, something I think is quite a good one to jump on at the moment, and, you know, this is the thing I don't know, I think more and more people will start jumping on it, but Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. So, as I just mentioned then, I recently took uh, Facebook off my phone because I was finding that as many people I think would relate that are on Facebook is that, that scrolling the news feed is Mega time consuming.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So I took it off my phone because I didn't want to be spending any time looking at the Mm newsfeed when I didn't have to. But there's a few groups that I'm in on Facebook that I didn't that I wanted to keep access to. So I installed Facebook have a groups app. So I've installed the Facebook groups app. So and and I I within a mastermind group that I'm in, I went and told them the other day, hey, this is, you know, what I've done and it's really cool because I still get access to you guys and other groups I'm in, but I don't get bombarded with the news feed. And about three out of uh, 10 of them went and instantly followed suit and yeah. did the same thing wow so i think what what to me that tells me is that yeah there's there is a bit of an overwhelm on the news feed and people are looking for other avenues um facebook groups can re- work really well if you want to build and it can be a paid group or a free group but uh you know if you're offering a free group if you have some kind of a freebie that you offer as an opt in a list building builder, for example, you could offer a free community to go along with that where people can come and share how they use whatever it is that you 're teaching yes uh, so for as an example uh, uh, there 's a lady by the name of um, Natalie Lucier, who is a friend of mine, and she has a 30 day list building group, so she has a giveaway and opt in, which is a thirty day list building. Uh, e-course, I guess you'd call it. Mm -hmm. And when people sign up for that, they're encouraged to come join the group. So it means that not only are they getting the the opt in they're also coming and joining a group where you can keep in touch with them and groups actually get better coverage in the news feed plus there's other ways for people to access groups and it's kind of I mean the social media and all social media and Facebook is about s- social activity isn't it so yeah. groups are very much social activity people love to be in a tribe like I don't know if, you know if you think of Seth Godin anyone who may have read Seth Godin's book called Tribe which I highly recommend mm-hmm. Um, the Facebook groups really taps into that for you to be able to create your own little tribe.
0: yeah, I think that's a great idea and and I if I think back to some of the groups that I'm in, when anyone posts in that group, I get alerted, you know yes. the little world sign and, and unless of course someone turns that off. So I mean that is such a great way to to you know if you're you're really building that kind of engagement in in that group. Do you know if groups still has a number limit? I haven't sort of kept that. to. I know that no, used I'm to be like five thousand or something no. at one stage. This was many, many years ago, so yeah, okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, I if mean, so there may the be.
1: Caps. But here's the thing as well. I have a belief around the numbers and stuff. You know, with your list and with a group size, you don't need to have big numbers.
0: No, and that's Just, a good problem to have. If you if you've got if it, if there is yes. a limit of five thousand and you've got you know four thousand nine hundred and ninety nine, that is a great problem. Yeah, to Yeah, well, I
1: mean, I'm in a, I'm in a few groups that are you know. Fifteen thousand yeah. people in a group—they're too—they're too much, though. Anyway, but the groups that are most powerful, I think, are usually around that. You know, anywhere between two and five thousand people yeah. in a group is—is is a pretty active group if it's got a good. This is the whole thing. Like, it—the it, group has to have a shared uh, interest or belief or something so that pe- people people want to be part of it. So yes. Uh, you know, that it's, you can't, it's not just a group for you to promote yourself.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Because your members are just not going to stick around if it's a free for all. Yeah I mean, promote, yeah and that's promote. why I
1: think it can tie in nice, nicely if you have an opt in that really is helpful to people and has a a clear kind of structure to it and things like that and it's, or it's a particular topic. So yeah, Facebook groups is a, is a good one I think these days to mm-hmm. to have a go at and particularly if you're not getting great coverage on your page, it can it can be another way of reaching people.
0: Yeah, fabulous. Do you have any more or uh, and the reason I say that is because I know we you've got something to share about how to compete in an overcrowded marketplace as well. Just... Well,
1: really these are, I mean, to be honest, the points are very similar. Like mm. so, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as competing in an overcrowded marketplace, it's about doing something differently mm. um, and being, I believe, truly yourself. And so as far as other types of strategies that you could implement, you know, I, I do think Facebook groups is a hot one. I actually think also going back to old school thinking in that, you know, there's a lot of people coming on board online and doing all these, oh, I'm going to build a membership site and people pay a monthly fee and have no interaction with me. If you can think of like old school marketing, you go out networking, go out uh, even speaking at events or, you know, that type of thing. How can you do that now to cut through? Mm. So I think, you know, if it appeals to a certain person's nature, still getting out speaking, running events and things like that can be incredibly powerful these days. Uh, Even as far as printing things, you know, it's the whole – I think I saw a little uh, thing on Facebook the other day where, you know, someone, a little comic thing where in the past we used to get excited by receiving an email, now we get excited, now we're overwhelmed with email, we get excited by receiving something in the hard mail. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, it's looking at at things like that, you know, sending out, and i I think a good strategy for now is actually t- referral marketing. Mm-hmm. So actually tapping into existing clients and and you can do that by sending something in the mail and, and even like picking up the phone yes. or sending a personal email to some of your favorite clients from the past. Obviously, it depends on the type of business you're in and asking them to, you know, asking them. Do they have, do they know anyone else? And, and the, the best way to sort of do that is to tell people love to be praised. Mm. So if you were to ring up, you know, if, if you had a few favorite clients and you were to phone them or email them and say, Hey, you know, you're one of my favorite clients, <laughs> straight away you've <laughs> won them over. <laughs> and, and then you'll say, You know, I really want to have more clients like you. And I, I was just wondering if you knew anybody else. Mm hmm. I think that's a great strategy, um, and it's a fairly easy, fun thing to do because, I mean, it's just it's just being yourself and connecting with people that you already enjoy working with.
0: Yeah. I think it's as I'm hearing you speak, it's such a great reminder to really think relationship first. I mean, connecting and engaging and, and really doing it from a space that you really do care. And I know a yes. lot of people who are listeners to, to this podcast, they really are heart-centered people, so they get that. And it is, it's really thinking about, okay, so even when we're talking about some of these online tools that we're using, really don't you lose the personal touch, keep that in that because that can make such a difference. I mean, I'm a member of a couple of groups, one in particular, I'm not really learning anything new, although I have to say I do approach it with always keep an open mind, You know, never shut myself off to learning by thinking, oh, I already know that. But it really is the continued engagement of that and just keeping connected because I know that through those conversations and just kind of being in there and, and, and kind of remaining tapped into it, that is really going to to help, you know, to help me grow rather than, okay, that very cold non-connection. And, and I think we're really getting to that that, that space that people Really love and value that connection. So anything that you can do to, to really enhance that experience, like sending a physical something in the mail, picking up the phone. I mean, how many people these days don't actually have a landline anymore? They have to use cell phones, you know, my <laughs> mobile phones, that kind of thing. It, it really can be quite, um, quite different. That can really make you stand out because nobody else really is doing that anymore.
1: That's it. And Anne-Marie, the final one I would share as a, a fun strategy, is one that you and I actually participated in together uh, earlier this year, is, is really tapping into collaboration mm. and co-creation with other entrepreneurs and other businesses. We're not meant to be an island, you're just, just doing it on our own. And I know for myself, and you and I have spoken about this, I am quite introverted by nature and I happily will tinker away doing my own stuff, mm. you know, and not, but I found that when I actually, you know, step out and co- collaborate and co-create with other people, the, the results, it's like that mastermind kind of thing. It's, it, the results are just amplified. So one of the fun strategies that I think is, is, you, you and I participated in a list building, New Year list building activity together earlier this year. Yes. Where, if you can pull a few businesses together uh, to create some kind of a, a, like ours was a shared giveaway where there was a, I think eight or ten people uh, mm-hmm. would offer a, a special giveaway. Yes. And, pe- in, and each of the people, say eight or ten people in the giveaway event, would market it to their communities, and. Co- bring at, at people across to the page and people could pick and choose. So essentially it means that I would be bringing my whole community over and they would get to uh, pick and choose from maybe joining some other communities, including your, Anne-Marie's. Mm. Anne-Marie would bring her community across. And again, so we would end up with new people in our communities. And I think the beautiful thing about it is that if it's done in a real sense of you know collaboration co-creation and you have similar markets it's it's an abundance thing as well yeah it's kind of saying i you know there's there's an abundance of clients for us all and and let's share because often what can happen is i can have people in my community who um might like what i'm doing but they're possibly never going to buy because for whatever reason then uh, we've not got that they're not connecting with me the way they might connect with Anne-Marie or somebody else mm-hmm. in my um, in my network. So if we can work together to – and the other thing is I, I it's, you know, people are spending so much money on Facebook ads and Google and all this stuff these days. It's like, hang on, what if we can pull a bit of that money away mm-hmm. and list build without having to spend a dime, you know, yes. without having to spend any money?
0: Yeah. And that's so, so key because I know, I mean, some of those advertisements and, and, and paid, uh, you know, marketing on, on Facebook direct to the list building, of course, but, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. often not, often not. And, and so doing that, what I really love about that whole collaboration thing. And I think the key to really point out is to really collaborate with people who also are of like mindedness, but also have an audience. That would be your audience. So there's no point really collaborating with someone who doesn't no. have an audience of your ideal clients, and, and vice versa, because you you know the support. Yeah, people are going to click through and think, oh, what's this? Is is no relevance. So, but yes. and it's such a great reminder to to really get clear on who it is that we want to serve. And ensure that whatever strategy that we decide to use, whether it be ads, whether it be collaborations, whether it be taking your online course or using some of those, you know, different mediums to really be so focused on the needs, the desires and so forth of your ideal clients. So important. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, Belinda, amazing, amazing stuff. Lots of uh, different things for people to do a little bit more research on and to see which way could be best for them moving forward in 2015. If people want to know a little bit more about you and tap into your community, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: So, my website is www.belindaj.com. And I am active on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, Belinda Jackson. My page is actually Belinda Jackson hyphen wisdom and sparkle. It should come up. Mm-hmm. I'm also on Twitter as at Belinda Jackson. Uh, they're the main mediums I'm active on. So, yeah, pop over to my website, BelindaJ.com, and uh,
0: I would love to connect. Fantastic. So there you have it, lots of different... Tips and strategies on how you can take your business online in 2015, I really do encourage you to go on over and check out the resources and articles and amazing stuff that Belinda has on her own website, which is BelindaJ.com. Now, of course, all of the other resources that she's mentioned, and we'll also put a link to uh, Seth Godin's book because I think that that is a great, great resource we should all have in our libraries. We'll also put that on the show notes over at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES15. Go ahead and click through that and all that good stuff is there. If this is the first time that you've listened to the show, it's been an honor that you've spent the last uh, yeah, 30, 40 minutes with us. I know that you've taken away lots of ahas do us a really great favor to help us continue to share the show with other ambitious entrepreneurs. Go to our iTunes channel and uh, like it, comment on it, and, and uh, that really helps us as well. Anyway, this is Bye From Me. We'll see you again next week. Bye for now.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.